What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, whether you're watching via YouTube or catching us via audio. I think by now you know where you can find us, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and the rest of the casts and breakers and overcasts and publics and all that good stuff. I'm not even, not going to even go through that today. It's just too much of a tongue twister for this Tuesday morning. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, at Brandon underscore Stoll. Yes, for Brandon. Yeah. At yes. Stephen Priest <laughs> Jr. for myself. For some reason, that, that really just threw me off. That took me for a loop. Uh, we got a lot to get to on the show today. Uh, obviously, the Nuggets bounce back game yesterday. Huge for them. We'll get to that. Uh, also, how concerned should we be about these three Nuggets starters injuries? Michael Malone, before the game yesterday, had some revealing comments that, well, had me mashing in my panic button. We'll talk about that. Also, a big move for the Denver Broncos occurred yesterday that could really change a lot of things for their season. And uh, should it make Elway in the front office regret not taking a specific position in the draft? We'll get to all that today. But first, we have to talk about these Denver Nuggets because I'm going to be quite honest with you. Uh, yesterday, I did not have high hopes. Um, I didn't get to watch the game. It was an early game. Usually, you know, these games are at night. Uh, in the bubble, it's like NCAA style. So they're going to play whenever. Uh, and yesterday's game was 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I got to watch it at work for a total of like seven minutes uh, because we have Comcast before we got the blackout uh, screen of we can, I can broadcast this game and all that. I don't know stuff. if I should be saying this, but I can. I got. I you I have, have a people's? link for you. You have. You have uh, plugs? I, I may or may not have a link for you. So <laughs> I may uh, or may remind not me. <laughs> have a clickable word <laughs> underline area that you can hit on. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon um, can't incriminate himself here. So. Um, but yeah, uh, next time you can't watch the game. But, well, that'll be, that'll be tomorrow so <laughs> at 2 p.m. So I might have to uh, have you send that thing my way. Either that or download yeah. DirecTV because I have DirecTV. And uh, okay. recently yeah, I deleted... download the app, right? Yeah, well, recently I deleted the app because I'm like, I'm never gonna... I never use the app. And I have to update it all the time. So I'm like, I'm just going to delete it. And of course, yesterday I was like, ah, I need the app download it and then i forgot what our password is to direct tv so i couldn't watch the game so i'm sitting there following on twitter like a noob like the rest of us and we're all angry because we can't watch the nuggets play and of course well, mpj goes off in the first and just has an maybe you game. shouldn't watch honestly i that did cross my mind i'd be lying to you <laughs> if that did not cross my mind yesterday because i was like when I watch, Kelly Olenek drops 34. <laughs> when I don't watch, MPJ drops 37. But I did watch, like, the last minute and a half of overtime, and they still won. So, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's I mean, fine. But I think they had game. everything handled at that point. Right. So. right. Well, I mean, I was, I was keeping up through GameCast, and it was pretty sweaty throughout the entire time. They were up 10 at one point, and they were down 10 at one point. Like, that game was just back and forth. I mean, lead mm-hmm. was changing back and forth uh but regardless a huge bounce back game for the denver nuggets they come away with the overtime victory yesterday 121 to 113 over the oklahoma city thunder uh they just have a stranglehold on the division these past two seasons like now when it comes to the division opponents i think they're 11 and 1 this year um they they just do not lose for whatever reason and uh you know this team even even then as well as much as we like to get on them and get down on them Man, they they certainly have ways to bounce back from adversity. 
whenever they get kicked in the nar dogs, they just kick right back the next night. And you just got to love that. Going through the stats, uh, which was night and day from the Miami Heat game, you had four starters in the plus uh, when they were all in the minus. Obviously, Jokic, slow start to the game yesterday. I, like when I looked at the stats, he was one of five and zero of three from the three point line. And I was like, "Oh God, here we go!" <laughs> and then he finishes thirty points, ten of twenty one, zero of five from three. Very concerning. But he had thirty ten and twelve. And then of course the 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 star of the night was MPJ, thirty seven, twelve rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block. I mean, he was a man on a mission last night. And I tweeted it out. I believe before the game, I was like, you know, MPJ, he needs to come out and ball because he did not show out in that first game. And right off the bat, the first bucket, MPJ, they got him going. I think he had 12, uh, 12 points in the first quarter or 12 of the first 18 points from the, for the Nuggets or something like that. 12 out of their 18 points. Regardless, huge game from the Nuggets yesterday. What did you uh, what did you take away from that game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was MPJ for, I would say, three and a half quarters, uh, and then uh, they went to Jokic. But I'm going to get to the bad here first, because there are still some concerns about, uh, about the guys who are playing. We're not going to talk about the guys who aren't playing. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the guys that are playing, uh, the big one for me, 7 of 25 shooting from three, uh, 28%. And four of those seven made threes came from MPJ. So everyone else needs to step up. Uh, Bull Bull was one for one. <laughs> uh, Troy Daniels one for three. Grant 0 for three. Morris 0 for one. Jokic 0 for five. Craig 0 for four. Uh, and Millsap 1 for two. So the only other guys that made a three other than MBJ, Bull Bull, Troy Daniels, and Paul Millsap. And they only made one each. So that's, that's concerning. Um, and that's... That needs to improve if they want to get past even the first round. They have to be able to hit threes. Uh, the, the next one is free throws. Uh, they only were 77% from the free throw line. Uh, Jokic missed a big one at the end that could have cost them the game. Uh, Paul Millsap missed two. Torrey Craig was 0 for 2. Torrey Craig had an awful game. Uh, Plumlee was 1 for 4. Dozier was 1 for 2. So, you know, when you miss nine free throws... Coming down to the end of the game, you should have won in regulation if you would have just hit 80% of your free throws. So uh, that's that's the other thing. Other than that, I mean, they the effort was there. Um, you know, they the offense looked a lot better, and I think a lot of that has to do with MPJ. Uh, but overall, um, defensively, they were solid. Uh, just, again, I mean, I think when, when guys get healthy, I don't – I don't know how you keep Michael Porter from not starting. Uh, I think from here on out, he needs to he needs to be the starter at the three. He's uh, and and he has to be consistent. You know, he can't you know for the next two games put out a dud like he did against Miami. He also doesn't have to put up thirty seven points and twelve rebounds. You know, give us you know twenty and seven. You know, twenty point seven rebounds. Maybe two of those seven rebounds are offensive rebounds. Uh, a steal block like he did uh last night and you know uh in in the plus for the plus minus so if he does that every night he should be starting from here on out uh even if will gets healthy um i mean just like last year you know you know will came back from injury and you know his spot was taken you know it kind of sucks but that's what happens when you get hurt it's the next man up and if the next man up is playing well you can't just take him right back down just because you're back, right? So 
Uh, I think at this point, as long as MPJ keeps on playing the way he is, he probably should start. Uh, and yeah, I mean that those are those are really my big takeaways. Um, the last thing, I mean, with with Jokic, uh, he is slowly, slowly starting to kind of get me on the the bandwagon as far as he can be the best player on the team. Uh, if in order to for them to win a championship, and and, and my my thing has always been centers. You cannot have your center be your best player uh, if you want to win a championship. Here's the thing. He can create his own shot. It's weird. He that little that little shuffle shot that Some he has. Shuffle. If, yeah. <laughs> all he all you have to do is all you have to do is get him the ball. He can take that shot. It's it's he creates it. It's it's the one thing that the one way he can create a shot without getting into the post. Uh I mean all that's all you have to do. And late in games, if they don't double him, it's, I mean, he can close it out. But that's the thing. If, if they don't double him, if they do start to double him, that's when you do need that second guy. But the more, you know, throughout the game last night when, or yesterday, I guess, when, when I was watching the, the farther we got in through it, uh, through the fourth quarter and overtime, uh, and I believe Hastings said at one point, man, he looks like Tim Duncan out there. Uh, it's it's interesting how this team and I and I thought about it you know a couple of years ago how they were building the team, uh, but ever since they got MPJ it kind of changed a little bit, but early on when they had Jokic Jamal and Gary as that trio, that we really liked, to me it just it was like okay well they are building this team like San Antonio built around Tim Duncan, uh you know they they went out and got. You know, Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. Manu was more of their clutch shooter. Uh, and early on, Gary was hitting clutch shots. He had that, obviously, the buzzer beater against Oklahoma City. Uh, but down the stretch, he was a guy that they would go to uh, at least a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, that to me was how they were building this team. And the more and more I watch Jokic, the more and more I see Tim Duncan in him. Like, it's... He's crafty. He's not, you know, he's not athletic, but Tim Duncan led that team. And he, you know, m most people call him the best power forward of all time. He played a lot of center and they were able to win around him. So again, that was the early 2000s, a different game. Uh, but I mean, it's just, it's very, very similar what he does. And even Tim Duncan was a good passer. Jokic is on another level when it comes to passing, but he's a guy that, again, he has to be able to create his own shot. Um, like a Tim Duncan, like a Dirk, where you can go down to, uh, you know, in, in the final couple minutes and he can not just, he doesn't, he can score without having to get into the post, right? Late in the game in overtime, that's what he did. He played more bully ball. But that, you know, that shuffle shot, the um, just being able to hit threes, like he, if, if he can do those things, they can win with him being the best player. But again, when he gets doubled, they need someone to step up. And that's where Jamal or MPJ comes in. And, you know, I, I tweeted out last night, but, you know, Jokic didn't start off the game great. And, and you know, superstars don't have to start off the game great, right? It's how you finish. 
but you need other guys to step up to keep you in the game. And that's what MPJ did last night. No one else could do anything offensively. He was the only guy offensively until Jokic tried to take over that was carrying the team that could do anything, really. Uh, Monte stepped up late in the fourth. Uh, but other than that, it was all MPJ for three and a half quarters. And that, obviously, when the other three guys come back, that needs to change. But until then, if they want to win games for these next you know, couple of games until someone gets back, he's going to have to be that guy. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it, it's a good comparison. I, I like that. I never really thought about that Tim Duncan one. I think Tim was obviously probably a way better defensive player than Nicole is. Um, but Nicole is, he's, we've agreed that he's, he's improved and he's, he's at least respectful. He's much improved. On that I end. mean, defensively yesterday, right. he was fantastic. And um, there was a play where he was moving his feet and I'm like, whoa, okay. Uh, and I think losing some of that weight helped, but he's much better. He's not going to get blocked shots, but he had two steals yesterday. So right. I, I mean, I I'm his, fine with instead of instead of getting two or three blocks a game, if you can get two three steals a game, that's fine. And that's what I was gonna say. His his steal his hands are his best defensive asset. Um, yeah. Just he's able to deflect passes. He's good for at least one to three a game where he just gets a a key deflection and it's a steal going the other way. Um, I I don't know if if Tim Duncan has the offensive post moves that Jokic has because Jokic just seems to have just like a never oh, I think ending so. repertoire. I don't I don't know. I don't I don't remember Tim necessarily being I mean he was good on the block, don't get me wrong, but what I remember Tim for is mainly that two dribbles into your chest and fading the other way and banking mm. it off the glass. Yeah. Or his set 15 foot shot where if you left him open that was almost cash every time. Um but that's, that's not to say creating the shot. Right. Um, that's not to say that he couldn't, you know, work in the post because he could. I just think Jokic is, is just so great with his footwork and mm-hmm. his touch is great. Um, but that's interesting, though. And the Sambor shuffle might be the the ugliest, slowest step, you know, sidestep jump shot in the NBA. But, man, has he just put it in so many bigs' faces. Uh, Joel Embiid has gotten it. Steven yeah. Adams has gotten it. Rudy Gobert has gotten it. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has gotten it. Oh, that's funny. All these guys that uh, are, are listed above Jokic as being the best center in the NBA. How many of those have you know game winners over these guys? It's you another know? version of Dirk's uh, step it back is. off one footer. It is. And it, it is. He's on one foot. And the reason that was developed is when he rolled his ankle, uh, he just messed <laughs> yeah. around in the practice right. gym trying to do that. And now it's his patent move, the Sambor Shuffle, which I'm going to create a shirt with the Sambor Shuffle. So merch coming soon, everybody. <laughs> You'll see it soon. I'm going to have it. I'm going to order one. I swear I'm going to make it uh, if it's not already made. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's a great move, that, that Sambor Shuffle. It's, it's so dangerous. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet uh, to say that they can still win with him as the best player. Um I think I can be open to that argument, and as much as I love Nikola Jokic, and people know this, um, I'm just I just don't know if I can go there yet because he's still too inconsistent at times in terms of taking the game over. I think he's getting more and more better at that. Um, but I mean, they really could have used that in that Miami game, and I get they were they were doubling him and forcing the ball out of his hands, and maybe that's really just when he needs anybody just to hit a shot, which nobody. Well, could that's in that the game. thing. They couldn't double him yesterday right. because. Porter was killing them. Right. So, um, you know, it's like it 
at that point is pick your poison. When if if you know when Jamal gets back, and that gives you three guys that you have to worry about instead of just the two man game between Jamal and Jokic and Jamal being inconsistent, right? So if Jamal's con- consistent and Porter is say inconsistent, but every other night or every three nights he does that, where he puts up thirty seven and twelve, that puts so much pressure on the opposing teams to where you nece- you can't necessarily double Jokic. It won't work because the other two guys, at least one of them, and if both of them are killing you, you're screwed. But if one of them are, you're, you know, you, you can't double Jokic. And then if you can't double Jokic, you're screwed <laughs> either way. So it's, I mean, that he needs, again, and every superstar needs help. You know, Jordan needed Pippen. Uh, and Rodman and and Horace Grant and all you know on and on and on. LeBron needed D Wade, Chris Bosh, you know Anthony Davis, Kyrie, whatever. Everyone needs that second or even maybe two guys to where if they are getting doubled or they are having an off night, someone else can step up and make the job a little bit easier. And when you make the job a little bit easier for Nikola Jokic. All that is is just letting him go one-on-one instead of him getting doubled because they can't double him. Then he gives you 30, 12, and 10. Um, so that's, you know, and, and he did that going 0 for 5 from 3. So you take out the five threes that he missed, he went 10 for 16. So that's, you know, that's that's the key for this team is you need at least one other guy to step up like MPJ did yesterday, to allow Jokic to become your your go-to guy. And and can I just say too, like I just feel so bad for Steven Adams because I was just watching some of the highlights back last night, and he just seems to kill Steven Adams every time. Yeah. And Steven Adams is like a legitimate like defensive player of the year candidate, but every time he just has no answer for Jokic every time they seem to play. And it was there was a shot on the. <laughs> under the basket where Jokic is bullying him. He's on the right block and he's bullying him and he gives him a fake, but he goes underneath the hoop and puts his elbow right into Adams's rib cage and goes up and under and lays it up. And Steven Adams is just like, I just can't. And there's another play where he bullies him and knocks over Steven Adams and gets the layup. And I'm just yeah. like, Steven Adams is not a small guy. Like he's 6'10", right. 6'11". And he's just, he just has no answer for Nicole. And then of course the Sambor shuffle in his eyes. And he's at that point, I'm just like, yeah. I just don't know. All, what to do. all the questions about if Jokic can play volleyball, ball. Uh, oh, as, yeah, he, he Jokic. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he's, he might not be able to, you know, push off a little bit harder. You're not flying as much when he when he hits you because 450 pound Jokic when he when he throws that thing into you, you're you're flying backwards. Doesn't matter who you are. Now you know there's a little resistance. Like, ah, okay, I'm still here, but he can still throw that little chicken wing into you, and you're falling down. So, um, no, a huge game from him. As far as, and you mentioned it, Michael Porter Jr. possibly being start uh, a starter. That's the interesting conversation. And again, it's one where I don't know if I'm there yet. Because we saw, you know, obviously we know what he can do. That right there last night, that's that's the ceiling. You know, that's, that's what you can yeah. expect from MPJ. If all things are firing and clicking on all cylinders. He took 16 shots. Right, right. That's his potential right there. <laughs> That's what, what it hell? is. Um, but there's also the the low side of 
the injuries and the Miami Heat game where he takes too many of those contested jump shots yeah. and he goes two of seven, two of nine. I don't know if I'm there yet with him. Now, if I'm the Nuggets, maybe I'm like, well, that, that knee still looks kind of inflamed. Uh, let's just give you two more games. Let's just let's play it really safe. Because I want to see how he does it. Now, obviously, like you said, we don't have to expect him to put up 37 and you know 10 or 12, whatever it was that he had. But if he goes 22, 27, 25, you know, gives you anywhere from five to 10 rebounds in those. Be that games, second guy for Jokic. Then that's okay. all you have to do. Then that's where it's like, okay, Will Barton's maybe like I don't know. I'm just guessing Will's averages are maybe between 15 to 19 points, maybe three, four rebounds a game. That's I'm just kind of spitballing where he's at. Um, but if just based off potential, you know, I would, I would start MPJ first, but the inconsistency is the part that scares me. Um, so I, I want to wait at least maybe like two more games on that, which if you go off of Michael Malone's comments yesterday, when he's asked, Hey Malone, uh, if this was a playoff game, would the three Jamal, Gary, and Barton be out there? Um, and he said no, no, they they'd still be out, which is really concerning because for Jamal, it's a hamstring and those soft tissue issue issues injuries. Um, those are tricky ones. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jamal misses the majority of these games. Uh, with Will, right knee inflammation, uh, I, you know that's hit and miss. And then with Gary, anything around the pelvic area with Gary that just has me terrified. Core hip uh that's just that just screams caution to me that's the most concerning one and for me for me i mean obviously number one you want you need jamal back uh he was out there yesterday though in pregame warming up uh i think it's more precautionary for him i think if it was a playoff game he would play as far as will and gary go though uh though those two things those two guys that's a little different uh they really need if Will Barton is coming off the bench, I think that is like it's not necessarily like I don't want him to start because I want MPJ MPJ to start. But with Will coming off the bench, I think that just gives you another leader coming off the bench instead of a young guy. And I think that actually helps the the bench unit a lot. Um, you know, with with MB, MPJ. And, and you talked about it. He was shooting a lot of threes, uh, contested threes against the Heat. But what they did yesterday, his first two or three buckets were, were layups and dunks. And it was just cutting to the rim. He is probably the best cutter on the team. It might well, Actually, Gary is probably the, the best. MPJ is second. The way he cuts to the rim, because teams are so terrified <laughs> of him hitting a three in, in their eye that they don't, you know, they stay, they stay up on him. So all he has to do, just cut to the rim. Jokic is gonna find you, and he—that's what he figured out yesterday. And so if he—if you do that early on in the game, if he starts instead of instead of Will and have have Will come off the bench, this is why I I like MPJ starting because you can get him the ball early if he can just a couple layups early in the game, maybe a four or five minute stint, put Will back in. You know you got and. And, you know, I'm not saying MPJ getting 30 minutes game. I'm saying maybe he starts, but only getting 25. But the reason why I want him to start is to get those early buckets, to get him some some confidence. That way throughout the game, you know, he's he's consistent. He's shooting at a high clip. And and 
one thing that he did during the regular season in that in that stretch actually that he was playing really well even though he wasn't starting he was shooting at such a high he was shooting i think 60 from the field and almost 50 percent from three so that's that's what that's what i want you know he doesn't necessarily need to play 30 minutes per game per game because those numbers are going to lower but if he plays 20 or maybe i would say i would say 25 minutes per game and even and even starting to get him going and that way he's shooting maybe seven for 11, you know, eight for eight for 12, right around that range, hitting three or four threes a game. That's the MPJ that they need. They don't need him to be getting, you know, like last night. I mean, he had 44 minutes. They, they don't need him to play that many minutes. So when Will comes back, either way, whether Will starts or not, Right when MPJ comes in the game, they need to get him the ball early on to get him that confidence. Just like Jamal. What have we always said about Jamal the last two, three years? Make your first shot. Make your, you know, if you can, if he can make his first or or maybe his first two shots, he's going to be going throughout the game. And that's just a young, a young player in the NBA trying to figure things out, right? If you can just get them the ball, have them, you know, hit a couple shots early on, they're going to have that confidence. You know, and, until they get to, you know, maybe 25, 26 years old to where even if they miss up their first couple of shots, eh, they're they're fine. They'll, you know, they'll figure it out. Um, but early on when they're 22, 23, 24, I think that's something that's that's really important for, for those guys to be able to hit your first couple of shots. I mean, look at Jokic. Dude goes 0 for 5 from 3. You know, I mean, he was off throughout, you know, most of the game or didn't shoot a lot. But late in the fourth, he got it going. Well, that's because Jokic is in his prime. He's good to go. He he knows how he's he he knows how to kind of turn that switch on. Whereas young guys don't necessarily know how to do that. So they need that confidence early on in the game. Uh so that's kind of why I'd rather see MPJ start. And I think and I think Malone kind of sees that. And one of Malone's comments too yesterday was because uh, after the Miami game, MPJ te- uh, texted Malone a few times and was like, you know, hey, uh, I'm going to play better. Stick with me. Um, I know I can play better. And Malone was like, I'm, I'm, you're not going anywhere. You know, I'm, I'm sticking with you from here on out. So that's interesting. And I don't know if that's more of I'm sticking with you. You're going to be getting 20 minutes a game. Or if that's I'm sticking with you at the starter position and you're going to be getting 25 to 30 minutes a game. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of see. But if he continues to play the way he, he did yesterday, there's no way they can take him off the starting lineup. What about this? When Will comes back, why can't we not roll out a starting lineup of – and when all these guys come back – Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic. I mean, MPJ's big enough at 6'10 to play the four. Um, you're obviously going to stretch out the floor a lot. I mean, if you want scoring and, you know, the Marriott, it's not the, the Hampton Five, you know, it's not what Golden State had, but the Marriott Five, which is still a nice five, I mean, that's that's scoring on scoring right there. I don't know why Malone wouldn't consider that. Now, obviously, your bench would kind of take a hit in terms of scoring. Uh, but, hey, Bobo, let's put him there. So, off the bench, you have uh, Monte Morris 
Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Paul Millsap, Bull Bull. You know, why not why not do or some variation of that? Maybe you don't want three guys, you know, Jeremy Grant, Millsap, and Mason Plumley on the floor at the same time, but I mean you could stagger those minutes. Um Uh I the only reason why I don't I don't want Millsap and, and I Millsap gets a lot of hate. I was looking at some comments on Facebook too. Um he gets a lot of he gets a lot of hate. And I get it, he's making thirty million dollars a year. But man, he is so he had a play late in the game yesterday. Uh well actually two. Um one against Chris Paul and then one I think it was Shea. Uh, but the one against Shea on the baseline, uh, Shea put up a head fake and then drove right, and he forced, I mean, the, the ball ended up bouncing off of Millsap's foot, but Millsap stuck with him. And late in games, you know, you really need a guy like that, and I think to start off games too, I don't necessarily want a track meet. Um, defense coming off the bench isn't usually something that I'd rather have. Um, I'd rather have the defense start because it puts you, it kind of, it kind of, if you can start off the game playing tough defense, I think that gives maybe your, the guys that no, don't necessarily play great defense. It, it makes them step up a little bit, but you need a good balance too. And the thing is right now with Gary, Will, and Millsap starting at those three middle positions, with those three guys, there's not a lot of offense. Um, you know, you you have Gary who who's not shooting the ball well, and um, you know not not shooting three well at all. Uh, he was a little bit towards before, you know right before the break, but and then and then Will, I mean, his numbers. Uh, I'm looking at right here is 15 points per game. 45 from the field, 37 from three. It's it's solid, but it's not something that for your third best offensive uh, player in your starting lineup. I don't know. I I think I want a little bit better from 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 him. Um, and then with Paul, I mean, again, offensively, you're not going to him a lot, but what he can give you on the block. And with the offensive rebounds and maybe even a corner three here and there, I think you do. I think he's perfect at the four to start. So the only other option to me, if if you can't let Paul, you know, keep Paul off the floor, well, I don't really want him to take Gary off the floor either, at least off the starting lineup, because I want his defense. Even though he's not shooting the ball well, we we see it with Torrey Craig defensively. Him on smaller guards does not work. So I, I'd rather have Gary in the starting lineup to maybe if they do have to play, say, Oklahoma City in the first round, I want Gary on Chris Paul because no one could really stick with Chris Paul yesterday. Uh, so that's kind of – so I, I want Gary to start. The only guy that really is movable off that starting lineup, in my opinion, is Will because – He's not great at anything, but he's solid. He's a, he, and, and he's been solid for the last two years, and it's worked just fine. But you can, you can get a little bit more on both ends of the floor if you start MPJ. Offensively, I think you get a lot more, but defensively, you get his length. And MPJ had 
a couple of plays yesterday where he bought, you know, weak side, his block that he had came from the weak side. And he's, he's a solid defender coming, coming in to help because of his length, because he can block shots and his aggressiveness. But not only that, but on the offensive end, his rebounding, he's, he is so active on the offensive glass that you start the game off like that. If, you know, a team comes in and maybe they're a little flat to start, MPJ is going to kill them on the offensive glass. And he's going to get a couple early on in the game, and that's going to give you a couple extra buckets. So that's where I think that starting lineup of Jamal, Gary, MPJ, uh, Millsap, and Jokic, I think that is probably the perfect starting lineup for this team going forward. Because it's a, I, I think it's a perfect balance between offense and defense. It gives you three guys offensively that can create their own shot. And and look, Will can create his own shot. I get it, but I think MPJ is just on another level. It's it's just it's that, and you know he might not be cons- as consistent as Will here, you know, throughout the rest of the season and and maybe next. But he's he just I think he with the offensive rebounding, with his length, his three point shooting consistent uh, consistency, I think that gives you a little bit more than Will can give you. Um, and then defensively, it, you know, his length. So um, I think overall, he's a little bit better than 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 Will. I just think you need, at the shooting guard position and at your power forward position, I think you do need Gary and Paul for that defensive end. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out uh, in terms of how MPJ could potentially crack into the starting lineup, if at all possible. I mean, we've seen Malone do it last in, last year in the playoffs. I mean, Barton was struggling. He went to Torrey Craig. You know, when he felt like he needed to go back to Barton, he did. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if he makes a decision, if MPJ continues to play well in the minutes that he's given while Barton is out, if we see Will go back to the bench and, and MPJ gets in or or there's some shuffling of the lineup there. But overall, a huge win for the Nuggets yesterday uh, with that win, and, and it really helps that Utah keeps losing. So that helps the Nuggets out. And they've actually dropped uh a seed now i didn't see that uh, so they are now the five seed and houston is now the four which is interesting so if the playoffs started today yeah. that would be the four or five matchup is houston and utah uh, was houston at the six seed uh they i were, think so they were six right because if that's the case they hopped both oklahoma city and utah yeah. well they were all tied though too like right. they were all within like either a half a game or a game yeah. Um, because now, when you look at the standings today, it's obviously the Lakers at one, the Clippers at two, uh, the Nuggets are at three at 44 and 23. Houston is now fourth at 42 and 24. Utah at five at 42 and 25, and Oklahoma City at 41 and 25 at the sixth seed. So, if the playoffs ended today, the Nuggets would get that same Oklahoma City Thunder team, ideally healthy Denver Nuggets going up against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And that's but, a good um, matchup for Denver. That because man, Chris no Paul one scares knows. me though. <laughs> yeah, so Chris good. Paul scares me, but other than that no one can stop Jokic. And apparently MPJ has a good matchup against Oklahoma City. So, uh I'm going to take that. Um I I don't want to play Dallas. I refuse. Um Utah, I would I would take Utah. Um but again, I think Rudy Gobert can can bother Jokic a little bit more than Steven Adams can. 
Uh, and I would take Houston as well, even though I know James Harden and, and Russ are, are scary. I just don't think anyone can stop Jokic. Um, so, and I think MPJ would be a good matchup against Houston as well. Uh, so, again, I think the only team that really scares me is Dallas. And the only reason is because they have um, they have a lot of bigs that can kind of take Jokic out of the game. And not only that, but they can clog the lane to where maybe MPJ doesn't get a couple easy buckets. And they have a couple wing guys who can kind of stick with him. So, uh, I don't know. I think, I mean, I think Jamal would have a good matchup against Dallas. Um, Jamal might have a harder time against Oklahoma City and Houston. Uh, I think he'd be fine against Utah. So, I don't know. I I guess it depends, but... I don't want to see Dallas. I'd rather not see Houston. Um, if they can get Utah or Oklahoma City in that in that first round, that's I think that's the perfect matchup for them. And honestly, I I think Utah will probably drop to seven, uh, or, or maybe yeah, they, Utah might drop to seven. Um, they're only I guess they're three games ahead of Dallas though. I don't know. Three games is a lot right now with only six games to go. So. It might, you know what? It Dallas might stay at seven, uh, which is really surprising. I think they're a little too far back uh, in the beginning to really catch up. So it might be. I'm. If I had to guess, I'm gonna guess Utah is probably gonna be the Denver's first round matchup. Utah does not look good. And I'll take that too. I mean, if it's Utah, that's that's the team. If I had to choose, you know, if I'm picking any of these lower seeded teams. You know, from Utah, Oklahoma City, Dallas, or Memphis. Well, obviously, if we could get Memphis, I don't know how that would happen. But if we could get Memphis, sure, I'll take Memphis as well. Uh, but obviously, that's not going to happen. I don't think that's possible. No, it's it's not going to happen. But if, if they're ten if games, was, then, yeah, they're I'd take they're it. ten games behind, <laughs> um, right? And they're they're thirty two and thirty six. Um, but of the ideal matchups, whether it's Houston, Utah, Oklahoma City, or Dallas, obviously, if I had to rank it, I'd probably go Utah. OKC, eh, yeah, Utah, OKC, Houston, Dallas, in terms of which ones I'd love to see the most. Um, and Utah may be a, a potential. Uh, I don't know if they'll drop that far. Uh, but like you said, well, they're, they're only they're only half a game ahead of Oklahoma City. Yeah, and they're, they're a team that's kind of in flux right now. Again, they're missing their second leading scorer. He's not coming back. Like right. The Nuggets are getting their guys back. Bogdanovich is not coming back for Utah. I mean, he broke his hand. And that's a team that really offensively, other than Donovan Mitchell and I guess Joe Ingles to an extent, I mean, there's no one that you can really say, oh, God, that guy scares me. Rudy Gobert is not a threat offensively. Uh, Royce O'Neal, I mean, he's he's a nice 3 and D guy, but other than that, I mean, can you expect him to go out and drop 20 every game? I don't, I don't think so. So it's going to be interesting to see what team the Nuggets get. And they have San Antonio tomorrow. At 2 p.m., we'll see uh, Derek White, a guy we're very familiar with, uh, for them. And uh, that's a team you, you can't overlook in San Antonio. Even though they're not what they once were, they're scrappy, they'll still fight. And they're the playing end. well. Yeah. They're playing, they're, they've been one of the surprise teams in the bubble. Uh, Utah, by the way, they have Memphis tomorrow, San Antonio on Friday, Denver on Saturday, Dallas on Monday, and then San Antonio again. So I wouldn't say Utah's schedule is brutal. Just, just looking at it really quick, but the way San Antonio is playing, the fact that Memphis has or uh, Utah has to play San Antonio twice, um, and Denver, and I, I don't know, I wouldn't be shocked if Utah only won one of their next five games, and if that's the case, they might drop to seven. 
at that point, uh, let's see, if they go if they go one and five, I think Dallas would have to go four and two. Yeah, because they're two and a half games, so they would have to catch up on three games. So yeah, so Dallas would have to go four and two, which Dallas they have Sacramento, the Clippers, the Bucks, Utah, Portland, and Phoenix. Oh yeah, they're not going four and two. <laughs> Never mind. They're losing to the Clippers, the Bucks. Portland's playing really well. That Utah game is going to be big. Yeah, I uh, I think Dallas is stuck at seven. Yeah, which is not ideal for them because that's a matchup with the Clippers in the first round. And yeah. I I as great as Luca is, I don't think anybody's beating the Clippers. Um, yeah. And if well, you're here's the thing five too. through eight, you're you're racing to get out of that seven and eight seed. You do not want any parts of the right. other teams. Here's the thing: if Dallas loses two more games and we're going down to the last two games of the of the of the uh seeding games and say the nuggets are all of a sudden maybe half a game ahead of the clippers or maybe right behind the clippers and dallas is locked into seven which could happen within the next three games if i'm denver i'm losing on purpose because you don't want the two seed against dallas and and with home home court not being a thing, you don't need the two seed against the Clippers in the in the second round. So if it comes down to that, the Nuggets will be losing on purpose late. You know the last or you know they'll go ahead and rest Jokic, Jamal, you know in the last two games. So I just don't it's see going to be losing, interesting. <laughs> I don't see the Clippers losing to anybody. Yeah, I mean I don't know what their schedule is, especially um, if Paul George is playing the way he's playing. They're I mean, a game. I like how you put saying. that. They're they're a game and a half uh, ahead of Denver, so Denver would have to, you know, win two more. Um, than than LA. De- uh, LA has Phoenix. They're not losing that one. Dallas. We'll see. Uh, Portland. We'll see. Portland's playing pretty well. Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, Denver, and then Oklahoma City. That Denver, so when Denver plays the Clippers, the second that's the second to last game for both teams. That's a big one. You might see Denver just be like, "Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna take Jokic out for today." <laughs> that's that's I gonna mean, be even if they kept one. him in, the result would be the same. So there's no way they're beating the Clippers. I mean, I don't know. That's that's the those last two games though for Denver because they the last two are the Clippers and Lakers, right? Uh, those last two, I'm I'm gonna be very interested to see if they roll out or their two four of the last roster. three. It's Lakers, Clippers, and Toronto. Okay, so yeah, the the Lakers and uh, Clippers, maybe more specifically the Clippers, that will be interesting to see if they roll out their full lineup against those two teams. If they don't need a win, because if they don't need a win, I mean, I I'd be willing to bet a decent amount of money that they rest guys if they do if they screw up these next three three games though and they lose maybe two out of the three they're gonna need to win those games against the two la's but if they beat san antonio if they beat portland and then utah which are all very winnable games uh even with three starters out then if they win two of those they probably have the three seed more more so locked up they might need the toronto game in the last game of the season but um I wouldn't be shocked if they rest a couple guys against the two LA teams. You don't want to show everything. Remember, everyone's in the bubble. Everyone's watching everyone. So I don't know. 
I think they need one more win to lock up a top six seed for sure. I'm pretty sure I saw that on Twitter earlier. Um, I don't know how many they need to lock up that three seed, but I mean, regardless, as long as you don't match up with Dallas, as long as you don't match up with Dallas or the two LA teams, I'll take whatever's after that. But that's just going to be the the tough part. Hopefully tomorrow, though, we can see a a replicated performance. Maybe we get a Jamal sighting. or a Barton sighting. I I'm I'm not too encouraged about Gary. Not sure where that's gonna go. So I think Jamal will be the first back. The way he was uh, warming up yesterday. We'll see. Hopefully that's the case. Um, but before we wrap the show today, huge breaking news for the Broncos yesterday as starting right tackle Juwan James decides to opt out. He put out a statement citing um, health concerns with a family member already being hospitalized with the virus and then. He had a newborn that was born back in May, um, and so for him, it's just in his best interest uh, to to sit out for him and his family. Obviously, it's a huge blow, and Broncos fans, I mean, he's already not popular with Broncos country because of, you know, how much he didn't play, given his contract, and Vic Fangio certainly didn't help matters by questioning his mental and emotional uh, health Um when it came to his knee, I think I'm I'm in the minority here. You know, yes, it sucks. Um, I completely understand what he's doing here. I get it. And if it's truly for these reasons, which I, I think it is, and because if he's lying and he just, just doesn't want to play, then that's just, okay, this guy's just, he's a turd. But I, listen, it sucks. Yes. I don't mind it though. I'm not going to give him backlash for it. If that's why he's sitting out, totally get it. Because if it was anybody else, if this was Dalton Reisner saying these same things, we'd be like, okay, fine. The only reason people hate it and hate him is because he didn't play last year, and which is understandable. But I mean, everybody's pain threshold and pain tolerance is different. Um, for him, if he had questions about his knee, I mean, it's hard to, to doubt a guy when he has questions about his knee so or any part of his body that feels hurt. So that's kind of where I'm at with it, where I stand. Where where were you at with the news yesterday? Uh, um, I mean, I guess all you can really do is look back at those last five games and say, well, the offensive line wasn't that bad. <laughs> um, Drew Locke did help. They uh, still the went seven line. and nine practically without him. So, I mean. Right. Um, yeah, and they went four and one in those last five with Drew Locke without him. So, uh, I mean, I think it's more of we got to wait. Honestly, a lot of it now, unfortunately, but a lot of it does fall on Garrett Bowles and a lot of it does fall on how this offense is built, uh, as far as the play calling. Um, you know, is it if they, if they focus on going for deep shots um, and it this offense and the play calling is built around taking deep shots down the field, they're going to be in trouble. Um, if they if they more just go, okay, we're going to run the ball a lot and we're going to get a lot of uh, dink and dunks, a lot of quick, um, you know, maybe quick slants, um, you know, quick outs, whatever. And, you know, we'll once in a while maybe have a rollout with Drew Lock to where then we can go and take a deep shot. That's going to have to be the offense because 
Drew Locke won't have the time for Sutton or for Hamler, even KJ Hamler with his speed. He won't have the time to take deep shots for those guys. I mean, unless he's able to move around and, and you know, do some magical things like Mahomes does, they won't have the time to take those deep shots. So the offense is going to look a lot like a classic, really a classic Broncos offense. A lot of running, play action, bootlegs. If they do that, they'll be fine. Uh, and Jula can 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 do that. Uh, so, you know, I think I think that's where they are going to have to go for. You know, maybe you know, and maybe next season when they do get Juwan James back, uh, when they do replace Bowles, you know, improve the offensive line a little bit more. Then at that point, maybe you can kind of let Drew Locke loose a little bit more. But and and look, that's that's also beneficial for Drew Locke entering his second season too. You know, you you want to make it easy on him. You don't want to put it all on him. So maybe this is a blessing in disguise to where you're saying, okay, well, we're gonna focus more on the run game now. Uh, you know, we're not gonna go all pass happy. Uh, we're gonna stick with our two, you know star potential running backs and we're gonna maybe you know quick passes to sutton and and judy and look judy's great in the slot judy might get you know 80 to 100 catches a season if you know if that's the case because he's a guy that can work the middle of the field work the slot and if that's you know if if he plays well he's gonna get a lot of catches because that's gonna be a lot of the quick uh you know the quick targets for drew lock so that's probably I'm not hitting the panic button because they went four and one without Juwan James. Uh, but I'm also kind of changing my offense if I'm the Broncos. Yeah, if you're smart, if you're Pat Shermer, you, you definitely have to make those adjustments because these these Denver Broncos, they cannot afford to have anybody go down on the offensive line. Because if someone gets hurt, you're you're royally screwed. Um, now Elijah Wilkinson was activated off the PUP, even though he was just placed on it like last week. So, I mean, obviously I guess he's fine. Maybe they just did that more out of precaution for him. Um, but I mean, at this point, like we said, I mean, on, on paper, it's a huge loss, but when you look at it from the eye test and, and what the evidence we had last year, he didn't play much. He played like 60-something snaps in the Broncos. I mean, I'm not going to say they yeah. did just fine, but they won seven games without him. So, And Drew Locke went 4-1, and one, like you said, uh, without him. So, But if you're Pat Shermer, yes, you have to do better. You have two running backs. Use them in the running game. You know, yep. Make sure you put them in favorable, favorable positions on offense. You're not you – know, we don't want Locke throwing 35 to 40 times a game. Ideally, in a perfect world, keep that between 22-25 – Let's get him around 250, 300 yards a game. Let's give Melvin Gordon and, and Philip Lindsay a combined 30, 40 touches a game. You know, let's let's try and get that going somehow. And that's probably not what Bronco fans want to hear, uh, because you know right. we've been desperately wanting you know big plays down the field and and all that. But at this point, when you don't have the ability to have Drew Lock sit back there for more than two seconds. Um, you you got to change your offense and can they win by playing like that uh by you know playing a lot of dink and dunk a lot of running the ball yeah of course look at Peyton Manning <laughs> I mean that's that's exactly the type of offense that you're gonna have to run quick well, passes you still have a good defense too so and you this, still have a good defense you have to rely so on them more now you know it does that take maybe their ceiling to maybe hitting the 11 wins uh down to maybe 10 
or maybe nine. Yeah, I think their ceiling is probably at ten now. I think that takes it a, a game That's down. I don't think they nine. can. I don't think they can win eleven anymore. Um, and that was best case scenario if everything clicked. Um, that's for me, that was 11 wins. Now I'm going to say it's probably at 10. I think they can hit 10 games. I do looking at their schedule. Um, and it depends on who else opts out too, by the way. I mean, right. Right. And we do have a deadline. What is it? Thursday? Uh, yeah, it's like a floating deadline. It's like either Wednesday or Thursday. They're just kind of like, ah, one of the two. You you pick and choose. And, and here's also another thing too. And, and, we can't expect, and I, I know a lot of people are on the Drew Lock bandwagon and saying, oh, you know, look at what Mahomes did his second year. Look at what Carson Wentz did their second year. But they also had a full offseason. Mahomes, the quarterback you wanted to trade, right? <sighs> just just clarifying. There's context to that. Uh, but, you know, if he's not going to, he's not going to have one of those seasons because he doesn't have an offseason, right? He hasn't had an offseason. So I think really it's i think this is more of a i don't want to say a throwaway season but this is a full-on developmental season and if you can get these guys you know judy hamler noah fant drew lock if you can give these guys a little bit more experience um then that's best case scenario right best case scenario is you get to play all 16 games and those guys get experience and they stay healthy um so then next season that's the year where all those expectations that we had maybe going into this season we can push those expectations to next season and that i think will be something where and and you know it's not going to happen the second drew lock throws a pick or the second he has a bad game everyone's going to start panicking and and you know losing their minds because because they're they're bronco fans but you know, I mean, to any Bronco fans that are listening, when that does happen, when, you know, game one comes out and he maybe doesn't have, you know, he doesn't throw for 300 yards, maybe he has 200 yards, a touchdown and a pick and they lose. It, like, let's not panic here. You know, he's yeah, he's entering really his first full season, no off season. Um, and as great as these weapons and as exciting as these weapons are, uh, one of them's in their third year, one of them's in their second year, two of them are in their first year. <laughs> so, like, what do you really expect? Um, right. you know, With Jerry no Judy off, isn't no offseason, a new offensive coordinator, and and a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, Jerry Judy isn't going to go out there in his rookie season and put up eighty catches for twelve hundred yards. It's not going to happen. Sutton did that in his second season. What did Sutton do his rookie season? Okay, maybe we can expect yards, maybe yeah. something like that for Jerry Judy. Maybe six to 700 yards. KJ Hamler, maybe like 400 yards. Noah Fant entering his second season. Okay, maybe he should have a little bit of a jump, but again, no offseason. So what did he have last season? Like 600 yards? Yeah, around there. Okay, maybe... Maybe right around the same because you're adding maybe a couple of more weapons that are a little bit better than what you had last year. So maybe around the same, maybe a couple more touchdowns this season uh, is something that you can we can expect. But other than that, there's not going to be a massive jump. The only guy that I could see having a massive jump is Sutton because he's entering his fourth year. He's you know he's more of a veteran now. That's someone that you can say okay. 
he should at least be just as good, if not better, and be a, maybe a top 10 receiver in the league. Other than that, there should not be any other expectations for this off- offense. No, I agree. All expectations for the offense should be pushed to next year because of the situation. And that's why I think they get a pass. And I think that's why I'm pretty much giving a pass to to every Colorado team except for the Rockies because I need to win that bet. So if they hey, they're looking lose. good. So I, I know. Of course when I make a bet, they look good. But, hey, it's the Rockies, though. So they can look good now, but we know when they look <laughs> right. good now, come playoff time, that what are you doing? <laughs> I'm taking a picture. My uh, my puppy decided to tear his bed open. Oh, okay. He has two socks in here that he stole, and it's 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 a disaster. I'm gonna be sending it to uh, to my fiance here, and she's gonna lose her mind. That's I am funny. gonna lose my mind. I was gonna cuss. I was gonna lose my mind here right after we got off because I'm fuming right now. You're fumigating. Yeah. Yes. I can see it. I can see you fumigating um, from over here. Uh, so, but no, I'm giving everybody yeah. a pass. I'm giving Drew Locke a pass. Like, you you can't expect a second year quarterback um, who is missing a whole offseason getting yet another offensive coordinator to go out and play well. If he plays bad this season, obviously I want him to play good. But I'm just giving this team a pass. Uh, before the season, I had them at eight and eight. You said your ceiling now is at ten games. I think my ceiling now is at eight games, nine games for them. Um, and it also depends on, yeah. you know, yeah. what other teams do, who opts out, injuries, of course. And this is all assuming that we're getting through the entire season, okay? Like, I don't even know if we're going to get to that point yet uh, with everything that's going on with baseball. The NFL didn't necessarily do a bubble. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. But I'm giving the Broncos a pass. And with as far as the Juwan James thing goes, I mean, I wish them all the best. Hopefully the Broncos don't get hurt on the offensive line if we play this whole thing out because they can't afford that. But again, this just puts puts way more pressure on the defensive side of the ball. They've got to be great, um, at least top five for this team to at least want to not only be winning, but even have a chance at sniffing the playoffs. And, uh, you know, part of me, and I was I, I threw this out on Twitter yesterday, part of me is kind of hoping like, okay, so Juwan James opts out. So that means his contract is paused for this year. And essentially he's under contract for another year. If Philip Lindsay <laughs> opts out I this saw that tweet. year... <laughs> then technically we get to keep him another year. Here's the so... thing. You know what? I'm not going to, I'm actually kind of, and Kim was kind of joking about it, but can they seriously all, can we just cancel the season? Because here's, here's the thing. Then we could have drew lock for an extra year. Technically. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't have to pay him. Option. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We don't that have to pay option. him for an extra year. Now you're so... just, you're, I mean, yes, you're getting him for an extra year, but that's also a year he didn't play for you. So, I right. mean, it, but, I mean, really I, but here's the year? thing. Would you rather waste one of those years on a pandemic year <laughs> or would you rather have one of those years in the future when he's a, a year older? So, I mean, I don't know. Look, here's the thing. With this, Why do you think with Bill's this... probably telling all of his players like, hey, guys, <laughs> right. fine, right. sit out. I, I don't. I don't think we're gonna have an NFL season. I really don't. I think this once the MLB shuts down, which they'll probably shut down here soon, um, which bails you out. I. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's possible for a league to, you know, continue their season right now unless they are in a bubble, and in the NFL, you can't do that. So. 
unfortunately for for the MLB and the NFL, you can't do what the NHL and the NBA are doing. Um, by the way, uh, uh, shout out to the Avs. Did you see that? Le- I couldn't watch it because you know. Um, but yeah, uh, did you see the last point one? The last like five seconds. Of I literally that game? I didn't watch any of that game, and I turned it on. I was like, yeah, well, I'll see what these guys are doing. And I literally turned it on as they were reviewing everything. And so okay. I didn't see it happen live, but I, I saw the replay. That which was is cool. incredible. I mean, you don't what, see that happen a lot. So yeah, what the NHL is doing with the round robin and and the, so the basically the the top four seeds because you got the West and the East in two different bubbles, right? And so the top four seeds uh, all play each other to figure out who is gonna kind of figure out the seeding between one through four. The rest of the teams who were invited are all fighting for a playoff spot. That's cool. I, I like what the NHL are doing. I kind of wish the NBA did it because I don't like how Memphis did all that work to get three, four games ahead for the eighth spot, and they were probably going to lock up the eighth spot uh, in the regular season if it had continued. And now all you have to do is get within four games and you have a playing game with them. Like that's kind of – that's a little – Because the league unfair. just has to see Zion throw down <laughs> dunks as if we don't see those alley-oops – Five to ten times a game. Show me something else, ESPN. Can he do anything else? Anything. I get he can dunk. Thank you. I see that. Can he do uh, anything else? He's literally Blake Griffin. I rest my case. Right now. It just it and it comes off as hate for me. Like like I hate Zion. I don't hate Zion. He's a good player. I'm not saying that he sucks. I just think he's overrated. I think he can dunk. He's a great athlete. But other than that, I mean, he can't create his own shot. He's not out there shooting like Steph Curry. He's not out there shooting like Paul George. I mean, he can hit a set three, but I mean, he's he's a dunker. That's all he is right now. That's the well, perfect comp. I want to say Blake he's Griffin. just. He, I want to say Blake he's Griffin. just a dunker. He's, he's a dunker. Blake Griffin, but a better post player. Um, because he and <laughs> does he have like his... footwork though, or is he just muscling past oh, guys? Uh, <laughs> he's muscling past played. guys. <laughs> um. No, well, I guess, but you can't take away from his efficiency. Like he is, he is extremely. He better be efficient. efficient. He's shooting two feet from the basket every time. He better make that. Against Memphis, he had twenty-three, seven, and five assists. What is his shot chart? Give me the shot chart. It doesn't matter. He's getting it's all twenty-three layups points. And dunks. Yes, it's all layups. So and what? Dunks. He's getting there. No one can stop him. If you can't get stopped. You don't say the same crap about Giannis, and you don't hate on Giannis. Okay, oh, but he Giannis can actually step out and shoot threes more consistently he? than he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he what, can. What's, what, what is he shooting right now? I would say he's probably mid-30s right now. How many threes not, do you see no. Zion take? I, yes. He's not even yes. mid-30s. Yeah, look, half, of, half of Giannis's jumpers are line drives to the net. <laughs> they don't even hit the rim. They just go right to the net, and they're just Let's line see. drives. Let's Stop see. it! All Jan- did you watch that game against uh, Boston? All he did was run up the middle of the court, catch the ball, not even having to jump, and just dunked it. That's all he does, Giannis... and, and he's gonna win MVP. Yeah, he's and his 30%. team is, and his team is favored to win the NBA Finals, or maybe not favored, but to get to the NBA Finals. So you can get if you can average twenty three to thirty points a game, and all you're doing is dunking. It's not going to work in the playoffs, just like it doesn't work for Giannis, though. Maybe. No, Maybe. it won't. We'll see. We've seen that. We've seen it. didn't work for LeBron, did it? 
Eventually, you got to shoot a jumper, Zion. Eventually, well, well, LeBron could also shoot thirty-five percent. LeBron was a much better shooter than Giannis was. His arms are so big; they're gonna poke him in his eyelid because <laughs> he's so muscular. We'll see in the playoffs. And again, I agree with you. I don't think, uh, but I do think Milwaukee will get to the NBA Finals. Um, I think Boston is close, and, and we'll see. That's gonna be the series. It's gonna be Boston Milwaukee. Um, but I. If they can get, he can get them to the NBA Finals. Can they win it? I don't know. We'll see. But that's what they have Middleton for. He can hit threes. Yeah. I was watching Colin Coward last night before I went to bed, and I want you to know he feels the same way about Chris Middleton that I do, because I think he went like one for six down the stretch. Middleton did. Oh, shocker! Chris Middleton misses open shots. Look at that. He's not there to help out Giannis when he needs it most. Because you want to know why? Because he's not a star. He's not. Where was Paul George last year in the first round? Where was Paul George this year? Shooting what, amazing. We'll see, we'll see when he gets to the playoffs, but I have a feeling Kawhi's going to have to carry it. He had to play with Russ, okay? Russ just takes the ball and runs with it, and you just never see it again. <laughs> Once you pass it to Russ, it's a black hole where no one goes to, we'll, to see the ball ever again. We'll see just when disappears. the playoffs start, and we'll watch Paul George just slowly disappear. I'm, t- I'm telling you, goodbye. I hope. I hope with all of my being that the Clippers and Bucks play in the finals just so we can see Paul George drop 30 a night and we see Chris Middleton go one for nine and drop 10 a night. Paul George is not going to average 30 a game in the playoffs. God, you're so disrespectful to him. It's not even funny. He's a good player, but he's, oh. he can't be your, your number one guy. He's a, he's a solid two. Solid, solid yeah. two. He's an excellent two. And I and he's gonna dis and Kawhi's gonna have to pick up the slack in the playoffs when it comes down to stretch time, the last couple of minutes no, of the game. That is not. Yes, that is not true. Yes, that, in the playoffs, Paul George tends to disappear. Oh my gosh! And we can all do the Damian Lillard goodbye. While what is he averaging he, uh, in the playoffs? He last falls year? apart against the Lakers. What is Paul George's averages in the playoffs? I'm, I'm curious. Camp. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say PG is out of his prime. I just don't think. I just think he disappears. He's a good player from for, through three and a half quarters, and in the regular season, he can be your number one guy. But when it comes down to the playoffs, he's always been same with you know when he was in Indiana. Same thing happened when he was last, in Oklahoma City. The last five years, he's been in the playoffs. Okay, in thirteen fourteen, when he was with Indiana, age twenty three, he was averaging twenty three points. Then it went to 27 points, 28, 25, 29. How is it disappearing? Well, you can't close games out. Oh, now it's he can't close games out. First what did two I just say? Disappearing. You know, what, what did I just say? Okay, he but disappears many, in the last five minutes. How many minutes of those times was it versus Miami, though? Okay, 13-14 was definitely Miami. 15-16 was probably Cleveland. Yeah. And a guy um, in LeBron James stepped up in the last five minutes and closed oh them out. gosh. Man is averaging 20... 23, 7, When it, when it comes four, down to it, 27, Kawhi is going to have – When it comes down to it in the last five minutes, Kawhi is going to have the ball, and he's going to be the one closing games 28, out. 28, 8, and 7. 28, 8, and 3. That was last year. Four if you round up. Unbelievable. What is what is Middleton's average? Well, would you pull that up in the playoffs? It's probably <laughs> like I'm four. Saying, I'm saying, they're the same guy. That is that is not true. That is They're not the true. Guy. They're the same as that, that guy. Is so not true. They're not even on the same level. Chris Middleton's like a top thirty player. Paul George is like a top fifteen player. Uh, I don't know. And Middleton's thirty, by the way, in that. 
he might be 30B. Like, you know how you have 1A, 1B? Yeah, there's 30A and there's 30B, and that's Chris Middleton writing in in pencil. That's because it can be erased because he's not great. We'll see when the playoffs hit. Yeah, we will. We will. Kawhi, Kawhi is going to have to carry Paul George on his okay. uh, on his back in the last but couple of minutes. Kawhi is a top five player, as is Giannis, so they're both going to get carried right. here. And, and here's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. If Kawhi is the number one guy, Paul George is fine, and Who he's going to be really good. Here's your question, then. Who do you trust more when either team's star isn't playing well? Who do you trust more to carry the other team? Both of them. I'm oh. saying they're even. It's a push. I like both oh. of them the same amount. I I'm not I'm not hating on Paul George. Sounds like it. I'm saying Middleton is oh the same as is is basically Paul George. You're, They're the same guy. You're That is just false. That is completely <laughs> just false and you know it's false because in I your heart of heart not. you do not believe that. Look at their numbers. They do the exact same. Paul George had a great year last year. He had a great year. But but again, like I like what Colin Coward says is Take your worst year, take your best year, take them out. That's who you are. The other years, that's who you are. He is a 23-game, six-rebound, three-assist type of guy, same as Middleton. They are the same exact player. I can't with you. I just can't. (laughs) I just – Paul George out here putting up 30 and 40 points a game, scoring the last eight points in the fourth quarter in crunch time. Yeah, do that in the playoffs instead of What's Chris Middleton doing? Chris Middleton's not even doing it now, let alone the playoffs. (laughs) That's the issue here. He had a good game in in the last game. Did he? Yeah, he had like 28. Yeah, but but he missed all the shots down the stretch, which per usual. Did you watch the game? Do you know that for sure? I'm relying on what Colin Coward said because he's the <laughs> truth. He wouldn't lie to me like you're lying to the people by saying that Middleton is equal to Paul George. I just – first you want to trade Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson. Slander That's James different. Harden all the that time. That different. Now you're slandering Paul George. Against Boston, Middleton had 18, okay, but he had eight assists, five rebounds. So, you know, he, he does the other things that was all really garbage well. Time. Garbage time numbers. Garbage time. You that game was close. That was against Boston. All garbage time. All garbage time numbers. There was no garbage time in that game. <laughs> and then against Houston, they did lose. Um, but he had 27, 12 rebounds, four assists. Shot 10 of 18. Three of eight from three. It's not bad. <laughs> I just don't I just don't understand your logic. I just don't get it. But you know what? We will see once the finals come, and it's uh, the, it's, the, Clippers it's the Clippers won't make it to the NBA finals. Oh my God! The Lakers aren't beating them. I uh, yeah, I think the Lakers. Oh beat my them. God! We have to wrap because I'm gonna pop a blood vessel in my face if I keep yelling at you. Until someone beats LeBron in the playoffs, he's going to the finals. All right. But until I see it happen, I'm picking him to the NBA finals. Well, you're gonna see it. So I'm just saying. He has not lost in the playoffs in nine years. Last year doesn't count. He didn't make it, so he has not missed. He has not what lost. Losing and in then, the finals, though. Well, he's gotten to the finals. What I'm saying, he's, well, he's gotten to the, the playoffs, finals though. every year that he's made the playoffs. Okay. So until <laughs> he doesn't, until someone beats him in the you know in the first three rounds, he's getting in my mind. He's getting to the NBA finals. Whether he wins the NBA finals, I don't know. We'll see. 
depends on who he plays and how much help he has. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe we'll have a playoff bet run is a different type of player. People don't really like people forget so Paul that. George. Different type of player. Much. Yeah, exactly. Different type of player. He shrinks. Oh my god. I can't with you. I'm done. That's gonna do it for us today on the podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Or if you watched via YouTube, we appreciate you watching as I got very angry when Zion's name was brought up. I promise I don't hate the guy. I just think he's a little overrated. That's it. That's just it. And then I just can't with Brandon and his Chris Middleton stuff. You make me want to hate Chris Middleton. I hope you know this. You make me want to hate him. And that's on you, okay? That's on you. <laughs> that is that is your doing. I'm sure Chris is a great guy. But whenever I see him, I hope for failure. And that's just wrong. That's just wrong of me to do. That's going to do it for us today on the Sports Podcast. For Brandon Stoll, I'm Stephen Priest. Again, this has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We will catch you guys next time.